Hey team, this is Grant David Collins, and welcome to Basement Philanthropy, a place for people who do not want to wait until they're rich or retired to create meaning, impact, and connection with their money, regardless of the amount. On this episode, we're going to be finishing up the philanthropic method by talking about step three, measuring impact and iteration. So let's get started. All right, team. Well, the time has come for us to finish off the philanthropic method. And this has been such a treat for me to be able to walk through this process with you. Uh, This is one of those moments where I feel like I have learned so much over the last couple months as we've worked through this process together. And as I've started to implement this in my own giving, it really has made such a big difference in the way that I approach my personal giving and philanthropy. And we'll talk a little bit more about exactly how that has happened towards the end of this podcast when we revisit what I talked to you about doing last week, which was donating blood. So I'm excited to be able to wrap up this method, but also speak into what I'm learning myself in this work as I apply what we've been talking about. I want to do a quick check-in over where you're at, though. Uh, as we have gone through this method, I hope that you have brought something with you to be able to work through as we approach each week. I've laid out some pretty clear activities and opportunities for you to think about what you could be involved with. And so if you haven't taken that opportunity to start from the beginning and think through a project along with me, I would just encourage you to go back and do that. These episodes aren't that long, and it is really that move off of the couch or the bed or the car seat, wherever you are sitting or laying down or standing right now. Uh, If you can see yourself as somebody that can create good in this world and you move off of wherever you are into this area of impact and creation, that is when this work really starts to come alive. So if you haven't done that, I would just encourage you to go back and to do those things before you listen to this podcast because it's just another building podcast on top of what we've already done. And so you'll get the most out of it by going and doing that. And if for some reason you just want to listen, you're more than welcome to stay around here as well. When we think of step three, which is measuring impact and iteration, it's important to understand that measuring impact doesn't start in step three. It actually starts in step two as an individual is selecting a project or an organization to support that they believe can fulfill on the needs that they identified in step one, that During that process, you should be thinking through what is the impact that I want to have and how am I going to measure that so that when you get to step three, you have something to be around. Because if you just go headlong into the project without thinking of something to measure as far as the impact is concerned, you're really going down driving blind. And Sure, sometimes that can work out, 
But if you want to have something to do with if it works out or not, which is the whole reason behind following this type of framework in the first place, then you would want to identify how you're going to measure that impact before you start giving so that when you are finished or as you are going along, you can see what type of progress you are up to. And I would say that this is probably the most underrated step of creating impact because we just want to dive in. We just want to do it. And we don't want to think about what we're going to actually be involved with and how it's going to make an impact because we think it's just going to happen. That's kind of the culture. If you do good, it's going to, it's going to create something. And that's absolutely true. But if you want to have something to do with what is being created, you will want to spend some time measuring impact. And before you can do that, you've got to be able to define what impact you want to be a part of creating. So there are a lot of different ways in philanthropy to start to measure this impact. I'm just going to name three ways that people in this space go about looking at this concept. The first is something you probably are familiar with. It's this concept of goals versus outcomes. So you have whatever you are going out to do, and there's some sort of goal behind that. I am going to do X so that Y occurs. So you set out with that intention in mind, and then when you get done with that, you look at the outcomes that have been created and see if those two things line up, if the goal that you had was actually what occurred in the outcomes that were created. The next way of measuring impact that a lot of higher-end philanthropic organizations are involved with is a measurement concept called experimental design. Now, this concept is a technical approach to measuring impact and creates that measure based off of statistical analysis where you have a control group of people who are not being affected by whatever good or philanthropy is happening, and then you have the experiment group, and you go about working through the impact based on what the differences are between those two groups. Now, the reason why this is usually used in more higher-end or higher-dollar philanthropies is because it takes a lot of work to be able to do that. It takes a special skill set to be able to measure and have the broad enough impact to be able to make these types of changes statistically significant. The last way of measuring impact that I'm going to talk about here on this podcast is called ROI. Now, if you haven't heard of that before, that is an acronym that stands for Return on Investment. And this type of impact measurement measures the relationship between the dollars or time or energy exerted and what was created because of it, the results of what happened. And so if I put in $15, this amount of impact is going to be generated based off of that money that is put in in the first place. Now, there are a lot of other ways that you could potentially measure impact, but these are some of the ways that are the most common in the field. And the last two, the experimental design and ROI, 
takes a little bit of time and energy and process, and that can kind of get in the way as we're first just starting to jump into this project. And so in this podcast, I'm not going to focus on those latter two. I'm going to focus on the goals versus outcomes because that is a great way to start to get involved in this space with the project or the good that you are wanting to create on your end. When it comes to measuring impact based on goals and outcomes, it can be really easy to turn off our brains when we hear those two words. And that's because we hear the word goals all the time. And if any of you are in a business field or graduated in that field, you'll likely start to think of another acronym that is used in this space, which is SMART goals. And that stands for something that is specific, measurable, yada, 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 yada. I'm not going to go into that type of framework. You can go out and look up SMART goals if you want some additional context behind how to create good goals. But I want to just summarize it down to you want to have a goal that is clear and has intention behind it. It's something that you have put some real thought and effort into that then will show you if you have been successful in the good you are wanting to create in the world. And so as we look to become impactful philanthropists or impactful givers, Setting an intention or measuring impact really becomes the difference between the random acts of kindness and the intentional, impactful microphilanthropy or giving. This focus on measurement and making sure that we are actually creating good in the world is the difference between those two things. So with that definition of goals in place, I want to add in an additional piece to this puzzle, which is a measurement component, something that is specific in nature around what we're going to be creating. And that's why this step is called measuring impact. And in order to do that, we have to have something to measure. And there are two main ways to think about measurement. There is the quantitative and there is the qualitative measurements. And so when it comes to quantitative, that is the numerical way of approaching measurement. So things like dollars donated or volunteer hours donated or hygiene kits donated, food donated, Whatever we can be around that is tangible to us, we can pick it up, we can count it, we can divide it, that is a quantitative measurement. Now, a qualitative measurement is something that is a little bit softer. It's the quality of the experience. That's actually where that word comes from. The qualitative measurement is a measurement of quality, meaning the experience, how someone feels, what it created in the world around them. Qualitative measurements are really focused on the experience rather than a hard line number. And so it's important as we work through creating 
measurable impact that we think about both quantitative and qualitative measurements so that we can have a holistic picture of the good we are creating. So let me share some examples with you of this whole process so you can start to really connect everything. So let's pretend the need that you identified in your community was that there are people in your area, in your neighborhood that are hungry. And so you would like to create a solution to fulfill on this need of community hunger. So you decide that you are going to go out and do a neighborhood food drive. So a goal, a high-level goal that you would have or an intention that you would have is to help restock local food pantries who are struggling to get donations because of inflation. And the way that you would measure that from a quantitative perspective is the amount of pounds of food that you want to donate. So let's pretend that that is 300 pounds of food that is your goal, the outcome that you're looking to create. And the qualitative measurement, something that you could put in there as as something that you would feel or experience if you had done that, is that you show the pantry volunteers and those that are needing help that they have community support. You want both the people involved in the organization and the people being helped by the organization to experience you and your neighbors as supportive of the cause that they are about. Another example would be if you identified that the need you're wanting to fill on was that the animal shelter near where you live was running out of dog toys. And so you wanted to be involved with that. And so the solution you came up with is that you're going to save up 5% of your paycheck for the next three pay periods to buy toys for that dog shelter. So the goal of this particular impact is to provide needed dog toys or supplies to the animal shelter. And the way that you are going to measure that from a quantitative perspective, is that 5% of your paycheck, let's just say, over the next three pay periods added up to be $225. And so you would know if you met that goal by seeing $225 spent on dog supplies and toys. And then the qualitative, a qualitative aspect or measurement that you could be looking for is to provide the high quality toys that the shelter recommends so that the experience of the shelter and the animals is a good one. A final example that I'll share is a little bit more personal in nature, so it's not as easy to come up with a quantitative measurement, but you can still do it, but sometimes One or the other takes precedence. That's what you'll understand as you start to work through this. So let's pretend that the need that you identified was that there are lonely members of your community that are in your sphere of influence. And so the solution that you developed to be able to affect that change or to be able to help address that was to identify somebody in your sphere of influence who may be lonely or need support, and you're going to take them to lunch. So the goal of that would be to help a lonely member of the community by taking them to lunch and providing space for them to be heard. 
So a quantitative measurement that you could put towards that could be the amount of people you take out or the dollars that you spent on lunch that you put aside that it actually happens. But on this one, it's probably more qualitative, meaning does this person have the experience of being heard and supported? And the only way that you would really know that is by having some sort of communication with them after. So before you take them out, you say, hey, look, like I want to be supportive. I want to show you that uh, I care about you. And so to do that, I want to take you to lunch. So you go out to lunch, you have this experience with them, and then a week later you follow up and you say, hey, just want to check in and make sure that you felt that way. What, what was your experience of our lunch? And then you would have to have the space to hear them. And that is a way that you could look at measuring that impact. So whatever need and solution that you have come up with so far in this process, make sure that included in that plan is a way to measure the impact that you are having, to make sure that the goal that you have set out to accomplish actually fulfills on the outcome that uh, you are intending it to. So if you haven't already, pause this podcast and be around that solution that you have created in a way that allows you to identify the outcome that you want to create and the measurement that you are going to have towards it. As we look to wrap up this episode and this method, I want to talk about the concept of iteration. Now, iteration is in the final step of the philanthropic method, but it really could go anywhere. In fact, that is the whole point of using the philanthropic method is so that you can be involved with these projects in a way that allows you to continue to grow and build this skill set that you're wanting to create, which then enlarges the impact that you can have on your community. And so as you're working through the process, each step can be iterative in nature. You can learn from what you're going through, but at the end of the project, that is when the biggest bang for your buck comes around when it comes to iteration because you get to look at things holistically from the perspective of what did I identify? How did I understand that? What solution did I come up with? How did I make sure that I was going to create impact? And then what occurred because of it? And what would I do differently had I known what I know now? That is the power of iteration. And so with both of these concepts, both measurement of impact and iteration, it is essential that you make a time for reflection a part of your process here when you're getting involved with doing good. It's so easy to go out and to create good and then to be able to move on to the next project, but we miss out on all the learning and the development if we do that because we don't have enough time for it to solidify and for us to be able to speak into things that we would want to do differently next time. And so that is another thing to think about in your planning of this project is when am I going to follow up 
on this step. Step three, as far as this impact measurement and iteration, where am I going to do that? How am I going to do that? How I usually approach this concept is by having a reflection experience, meaning I sit down, I set aside 20 minutes to a half an hour to write the answers to a couple questions that allow me to work through this process of measurement of impact, iteration, and reflection. So I'll give you an example of the questions that I use on my end. You can use whatever questions align for you, but this would be a a really good start, and I'll include these questions as well in the podcast description so you can copy and paste them from there as well. So the first thing that I do is I reflect on what I did in the first place by asking myself questions like, what is the need that I was trying to fulfill or support or change? What did I decide to do about it? And then what was the outcome that I thought would happen because I was involved in that process or project? The next section is the reflection section on what actually happened. So I'll ask questions about how did the giving and philanthropy go? What was the impact that I decided to measure and what occurred? What actually happened? I do an analysis around that. And then the last question that I usually ask, which is really an important one, is what other impacts did I notice, especially within myself? Because philanthropy and giving have an opportunity to change you just as much as it has the opportunity to change those who are being helped or supported through these efforts. The last part of my reflection focuses on the iteration concept. And I'll ask questions like, If I were to do this again, what would I do differently or add on to what I did if I were going to be involved with it again? And then the last, the last question is, am I going to do this project or philanthropy or giving again? Why or why not? And that three-part reflection of starting out by just walking through what actually happened, analyzing the experience that was created because of it, and then looking to iterate really allows me to focus in on developing a skill set of philanthropy and giving and making sure that that giving or philanthropy has created good in the world. I recently had an experience where this reflection and iteration exercise brought a lot of depth and meaning to a giving experience that I had. So just like I talked about in last week's episode, I was going to donate blood as my giving portion of Thanksgiving this year. And As I went through the process of going and donating blood and then sitting down after and going through those questions, a lot of things came to me 
the the first thing that came to me was I was just grateful to be in a place health-wise to be able to give. That was the first thing that came to me. The second thing was this desire to understand the blood donation process better. So I went and did a bunch of research around what happens to blood donations and why they are volunteer donations in the first place and just a lot of different things that I had never thought about that brought me a greater appreciation for the work that I was involved with. But the third and final thing that I realized um, was this concept of donating blood is perhaps the closest thing that we can come to giving of ourselves to humanity. When we talk about giving, we often talk about volunteer hours or money donated or talents. And these are all things that are a part of us, but they're not really a part of us. But the blood running through your veins is a literal part of your body. Like you make it. Your body literally makes this stuff that can save people's lives. And I just was was just taken away by that a little bit um, from the perspective of what a beautiful way to think about it. What a beautiful way to be able to spend some time and energy in literally helping other people live. So those are just a couple things that came to me in my reflection exercise. And I I learned a couple things I want to do differently next time um, through the iteration process, like inviting a friend um, to come along with me. And because a lot of people are a little bit nervous to donate blood and how great would it be if I could bring somebody with me um, and we could donate together. So this type of work, this reflection work is where the rubber meets the road when it comes to turning your giving experiences into a skill set. Well, everybody, that's it. That's the philanthropic method. And it has been a couple weeks that we've been in this topic. And it has just been a huge blessing for me and my personal giving. So I hope it has been for you. I'm currently developing a version of this philanthropic method that you can walk through as more of an exercise, um, kind of a culmination of everything that uh, we have talked about here in this podcast series. So I will let you know when that is available. And if you want to get involved sooner than when it is available to the public, reach out to me and I would be happy to share a draft copy with you. Well, team, that's it for me. Let's go out in the world and create good with the money in our pockets and potentially the blood in our veins together. Talk soon.